ever, 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 ever going to let me down. God is so good, he will never, ever, ever let you down. Say that with me. God, you so good. Okay, okay, okay. God, you so good. You will never, ever, ever, ever let me down. See, y'all, okay, y'all a little bit too tight this morning. We about to do Father Abraham this morning. You're never going to let me down. Okay, y'all, y'all still too Canadian. I'm going to have to take y'all down to the south of the United States. You never going to let me down. See, y'all, y'all too cute with the enemy. Enemy come up and slap you upside your head. <laughs> we Canadians, we don't fight like that. No. We kingdom of God citizens, and we fight till we win. We fight till we win. So, let's try that again. You are never, never going to let me down. It's like somebody trying to touch your husband's wallet, wives. If somebody, some other woman comes to try to touch your husband's wife, your husband's wallet, what you going to say? You would never touch my husband's wallet. It's the same thing when it comes to the things of God. You would never let me down, Lord. I don't care how many other people let me down. My mama let me down. My daddy let me down. My brother let me down. My cousin still owed me $20. Whatever the case may be. But God, you never going to let me down. You're never, see, it's a mentality because, see, when you realize that God is never going to let you down, I don't care what he say. He might say, go over and, and say this to that person. Lord, if you be for me, who else can be against me? And I'm going to go with boldness. And see, the whole thing about it is being bold in the things of God. You know, when, when God was saying, hey, this is the song I want you to play, and I want you to play this song, and I want you to play that song. And I'm like, oh, okay, praise God. All right. I'm like, okay, you must be up to something. And then he was like, look, if you remember that Jesus is your Messiah, he's the resurrected king who's resurrected you. He lives on the inside of you. And because he's on the inside of you, he's resurrecting you and you become alive. He says, so then when you realize he's the king of my heart, I know he's never going to let me down so I can walk in the boldness. So y'all see that? All that happened in three songs. If you have ears to hear. See, when we do praise and worship, I'm, Minister Joanne will tell you, it's all through the week. I might put it together. I put it together after I start working on next week's message after I leave here. So I'm putting this, I put stuff together and then I just listen throughout the week. And he might say a song here. He might say a song there. And he might, I'm like, oh, okay, bet. And I'll write it down. He is, okay, I want you to say this and then this and then this. And then I got to go back and listen to it. And I still don't always get everything. He's like, but I just put it in this order right here because I'm going to deliver a message. Remember, God says in, in, in Psalms 32, he says, I will surround you with songs of deliverance. So even when you're in the midst of your test, trials, and tribulations, you've got to know how to tap in. Psalms 32, 7, and 8, and 9 talks about how he says, David said to him, you are my hiding place. You are my refuge, O Lord. And God says, I will surround you with songs of deliverance. I will guide you. I will lead you by my eyes. I will lead you in the pathway of life. What did David do? In the midst of his test, test and trials, he began to remember <laughs> You are my hiding place. Jesus, you're my Messiah. 
You're the one who's already overcome. And because you have overcome, I have overcome. Y'all see that? Because Jesus is overcome, you have overcome. He already said, you more than a conqueror. Jesus conquered, and he said, you are more than a conqueror. But you can't be a conqueror over anything if you never face any test, trials, or tribulation. And see, that's where the church is deceived. I'm saved. Because I'm saved, I'm never going to go through any issues. <laughs> you are deceived. If anything, the adversary puts a mark on your back. And it's like, I got to stop that one now. Because if I don't stop them, they're going to tell somebody else about that Jesus. <laughs> if I don't stop them, they, gonna, they might get a manifestation of that which they believe in God for. And then they're going to tell somebody else. And if they go tell somebody else, then they might gonna start believing that stuff about Jesus. And then they're going to go tell somebody else. And then they're going to tell somebody else. And guess what? You're going to mess up his little game. Anybody, any of y'all ever dealt with gangs before? Yeah. Do you know the initiation to get into Okay, I know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. God, I'm sorry. <laughs> For y'all who have never dealt with gangs, only seen them on TV or in a movie, the initiation into a gang is the gang will, will either beat you up, you gotta fight your way into the gang, right? Or you gotta do, go out and do some heinous crime against somebody for no reason whatsoever, just to show your loyalty to the gang. Cause see, once you kill somebody, guess what? They already know you killed that person, so if you ever try to leave, they just blow up. They blow the poo, blow the whistle on you, and you're gonna get three hots in a cot living in a four by four with some guy named Tyrone. Oh, I'm sorry. Four hots, three hots in a cot, and four by four means you'll end up in jail somewhere. So you fight your way into the gang. But once you enter the gang, you get all the benefits of that gang. But the day you decide that you wanna get out of the gang, the same way you got into the gang, is the same way you got to get out. You got to fight your way out. And see, the adversary looks at it like this: when you, when he had you, when you before you met this Jesus, you was in his posse, you was in his gang, and you did everything it is that he wanted you to do, and you got all the benefits of being a part of his gang. But that moment you heard about that other gang called Jesus, and you want to run with his posse, and you talk about you gonna leave the adversary's gang, then he's gonna do everything he can to try to make it where you gotta fight your way out. Do y'all see that? See, and then some, the problem is that some people, they just surrender to him. I'm just tired of fighting. I just, I don't wanna fight no more. I just give in. And he's not worried about you at all. But if you become radical, radical. Radical mean I am not, I'm not gonna punk out I ain't gonna back down, I ain't gonna cave in, I'm not gonna quit, I'm not gonna give up, I don't care what you say. What, you gonna talk, talk touch my kids? Oh, the devil is a lie, no you ain't. And then you gotta quote to him what your new gang leader, AKA Jesus, has said back to you. You won't touch my kids? A thousand will fall at their side, 10,000 at their right hand, but you won't even come near them. Why, because I've already drawn the blood of Jesus all around them. But you can't do that with your mouth closed. I know it's not politically correct. Everybody got an opinion. Don't act like you don't have no opinion. I, I've heard a lot of opinions since I've been in this great nation of Canada. Not all of them line up with God's word, but I've heard a lot of opinions. So you got opinions. It's just not correct to tell people what your opinion is. I, I learned that on a call once, Natasha, I was, 
on a call with some other pastors and, and they said it's not correct to tell people what you think. I'm like, you lying to me because they, they, they don't seem to have a problem with telling them what they don't like about what it is that I believe. So I'm just, I, I'm just, God is looking for somebody who's going to be bold enough to tell them Jesus is Lord. Somebody's going to be bold enough to tell them, you know what, I don't care about none of that. God still love you. I know you dress like, you're a man dressed like a woman. I don't care nothing about that, but God still love you, and he didn't create you that way. I know you're going all the way to the left because you think that's progressive, but actually I can show you in this awesome book that shows you what you're doing is not really progressive, but it's regressive because people have done it before. It didn't work then. It's not going to work now. But see, when you tell people that, you got to tell them that in love. You can't come up with a sledgehammer, bust them upside the head, and be like, oh, no, I didn't receive what I had to say, Lord. Everything is about delivery. I had to learn that. Like when we used to do two services on Sunday, and we did a service here, and then we would drive back to Wakefield, Quebec, and do a service there, what I could say here, I could say, I could not necessarily say there the same way. Same message, different delivery. Why? Because people would receive it delivered differently. Are y'all with me? I'm already starting to preach, so I mean, you know, this is just, I guess this, this is the introduction. And this is going to be, I'm telling you this morning, buckle up, buttercup, because this was one here. Mm -hmm. when I said to Minister Jewin, I said, you are praying for me, right? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. I said that to her a couple of times during the week. You are praying for me, right? She's like, oh, yeah. See, can we talk? See, I thought this was going to be like Vision Sunday, but this is actually not going to be Vision Sunday. Actually, this is going to be a vision series. He says because everything you're going to share with them, you're not going to be able to get through in one setting. So, are y'all ready? See, this is the thing. Whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, a minister, a leader, a pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, whatever they are, can only minister to people to the level to which that person is ready to receive. So you can have this awesome word, but the people are like, I know you got this, but we just want that little bitty piece off the bread, and that's all they're going to be able to give to you. So if you come to church, man, I was looking for a word today, and I didn't get my word. God said, because your expectation was that big. I had, a, I had the meal that big, but your expectation was that big, so that's all you got. So, y'all want to change that right now? Magnify. Say, Father, Father I'm, asking you I'm asking you to enlarge, enlarge my capacity to receive. Enlarge my capacity to receive. I receive it now in Jesus' name. See, the Father says you have not because you ask not. Welcome, Don and Dave. Welcome. Welcome to the party. Awesome, awesome, awesome. This is Ignite where our, our goal, our whole, the whole reason for why we are exist is to ignite life and purpose within this generation. We don't come to play church, I, you know, we don't play church. 
because that's not what's going to affect this generation. They're bored with it. Heck, people in church are bored with it. God is bored with it. And if you don't believe me, please stay tuned for station identification. Can't do church like you used to. Can't do church. God said, I, you, we were not, I didn't call you all the way here. I did tell you about my story. I didn't come 1,300 miles, not kilometers, miles to play church. I could have did this in this sweet home Alabama. <laughs> Glory to God. Where there's a church on every corner. Now, that don't mean God is in all of them, but there's a church on every corner. Actually, I had that conversation with him when I, he sent me there from Michigan. I said, look, why did you send me all the way down here to Alabama? Well, we had a lot of conversations about Alabama, but I'm not going to go into that with y'all today. But uh, <clears throat> why did you send me to Alabama? They got churches everywhere. And he said it so kindly. Just because it has the word church on it does not mean I'm in there at all. And he said the same thing when I came. He sent me to Canada. In fact, I never even heard of Ottawa. Ottawa, where the heck is that? I know Toronto. I know Barrie. Ottawa. Got the mighty. And the first picture on the internet said had snow. Oh, that got to be the devil. <laughs> the Lord, no, I don't do nobody snow. <laughs> but God. And it's interesting how God will send people from different places into places where you say, Lord, there's already enough people. There's enough pastors there. There's enough churches there. He's like, again, because just because they have the word church on their name does not mean I'm there at all. So Jesus is Lord of this house. Amen. Jesus will always be Lord of this house. So let's get that out the way. If you have a problem with that, God bless you, the blood of Jesus over you. I see you out in the parking lot. We can go have tea. But Jesus is Lord over this house. He is, his God's word is the final authority in this house, uh, even above mine. So if your word don't line up with God's word, help me. I'm going to help you. Don't even waste your time coming to talk to me about it. Because I'm like, did God tell, if God, see, this is the thing about it. God is not schizophrenic. Can I tell you something about the body? The, the, the toe is not going to get a message before the head gets it. The finger is not going to get a message before the head gets it. So even if you think you got a message from God, this is what I tell you to do. Pray that the man or woman of God gets that same message. But don't try to inject it into them because guess what? That's your revelation. It does not mean that's reached the head yet. I know. That's hard on y'all flesh. I can see you. Ooh, ooh. I can't handle that. But the thing, it's the truth. Your toe will never get a message before your head gets it. Do you know that the body of Christ, the body will never get a message before Christ, who is the head? So if the body is saying, Christ, I believe we should go this way, but the head is saying, no, I need you to go this way, which one are you going to follow? The head, because the head got the information. And if that head is wrong, we pray. I actually listened to a message last week, and this person, person I really respect said something, and it just kind of, mm, mm, Lord. Did I hear that right? 
I didn't even tell the lovely. I just said, you know, somebody said something today, and it just kind of like, mm, I need, I, this is what I said, I need to go back and listen again to make sure I heard it right. So that's what I did. I went back and listened to the message again, and guess what I found out? I heard, but I didn't hear. I heard part of what they said. I didn't hear all of what they said. And if I would have responded only about the part that I thought I heard, I would have cut them off like bad credit. I had to go back and hear it again and found out that I heard, but I didn't hear it all. But when I took time to attentively hear what it is that they said, I realized that what they said was absolutely correct. And on Sunday, if you only listen to what you hear on Sunday, 45 minutes, 30 minutes, heck, some churches tell you you got the, the man of God, the, the rest of the program is an hour and a half long, but the man or woman of God has 15 minutes to tell you what thus is the Lord. And if you don't hear it right, in that 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you can walk out of that service offended and and find out that you heard it wrong. That's why we put it on YouTube. That's why we put it on Facebook. That's why we put it on the podcast so you can go back and hear and hear and hear again because you're not going to hear everything the first time. You might hear a part of it, but then you, heck, I go back and listen to it. Not so much as because I want to see how I did today, Lord. I don't have to do all that because I have my own personal critique department, AKA Minister Jewin. She tells me as soon, as soon as I walk out the door, this is the first question I ask, how was it today? What did you hear? What can I improve on? We've been doing this for five years. I asked her that same question every meeting even when i do a podcast that y'all not at my house to hear when i'm recording how was that what do i need to change what adjustments need to be made why because I, I don't get high on my own supply i can get it wrong so if i can get it wrong hello you can get it wrong which one of y'all was praying for this this morning because this is not even part of my dialogue but give it to you, I'm going to give it to you. You want to know why? Because I love you. We, God gave us his word, not because God hated us. God gave us his word because he loves us. God gave us true apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to help you to grow up in the things of God, to do the work of the ministry. Why? because he loves you. So if you get upset with me because I'm demonstrating love towards you, I'm gonna love you anyhow. I will love the poo off of you. Try to run from me. I'll find out where you live. I come to your house with, with what is it called, poutine. I come with some Tim Hortons and some little Timmy's and we gonna get it on, partner. We ain't gonna be mad. You ain't walking out of this house mad. You might never come back, but you ain't gonna know, you ain't gonna leave because you wasn't loved though. We gonna love the fool off of you. I'm telling you, you, there's something you're always, yes, sir. You're always going to have an opportunity to get offended. It's your decision whether or not you do. This person offended me. You a lie? No, he didn't. You chose to get offended. What they said was offensive, but you chose whether or not you're going to get offended. I have people say stuff to me all the time. People look at, 
we got a new project in our neighborhood. We seen her this morning. We be working on her too. See, if we tell people, if you make eye contact with me, I'm going to speak to you. If you walk past, I'm going to speak to you. If your dog, you walking your dog down the same street, I'm walking my dog down, I'm going to speak to you. But this lady is bent on, boy, she be trying not to speak. But we still be talking to her anyway. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Then she has that dumb look on her face. Like, I didn't even say that. This joker's still talking to me. We do it to her every single time. Why? Because we're going to love the food right off of her. All right. He said I can go now. Here we go. I make this declaration, and then we're going to jump right into what it is we're going to do this morning. Because God is Jesus is Lord. And that part, for whoever it was for this morning, man, you got to get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. There is no such thing as a perfect church. Because the church is not a building. The church is made up of people. There's no such thing as a perfect church. I guarantee you, if you hang around with me long enough, I'm going to say I do something that's going to rub you wrong. I bet my whole paycheck, if I got one, that if I hang around you long enough, you're going to say some stuff that's going to rub me wrong. I can either choose to charge it to your head, or I can choose to charge it to your heart. But, but people are in different levels. Now, if somebody's not teaching the word, that's a different thing. But people are going to, people are people. Everybody's at different levels. Some people think they're grown and they're still wearing huggy diapers, but they believe they are grown, but they're not. And all you got to do is hang around them for about, you ain't got to hang around the whole day. Just hang around for about, about, about 30 good minutes. Donna, you hang around about 30 good minutes. You're going you gonna to lope. Oh, that joke are crazy. Y'all may not say that because that's not, that's not how they, things work here. Y'all just look at them. <laughs> Bless their little darling heart. And the states, they would say, that joker is crazy. You need to pray for him. Plead the blood of Jesus on him. Get the oil on him. Joker got so much oil on him, it looked like a piece of fried chicken. But anyway, make this declaration that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, to open to the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. Yeah. To comfort all who mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they might be glorified, that He might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and we thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you, Father, that our preaching and teaching would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom. <laughs> Let it be a demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Continue to move up and down each and every hour. Touch each and every person. Touch each and every household. Each and every person watching it by way of internet or hearing it by way of podcast. We're expecting miracles, signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
in operation. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. amen. Now when you say amen, you say so be it. So every time you say amen, even at the end of your prayer, you're saying so be it. So when you pray according to God's word, God says yes. Your response to God's yes is amen. So be it. All right. <clears throat> Let's just get right into it. Turn with me, if you will, over to Hebrews chapter 3. This is the beginning of the vision series, and the title of this vision series is A Purpose-Driven Life. But we got to do some foundational work before we get into that, he says. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, which is to come. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 11. God is telling us this. And now, this today is foundational work. Foundation. We're just laying the foundation today. And yes, sir. He says, I need you to be able to, because if you, you got to get past this part to get to the next part. Sometimes we want to jump, you know, there, God does A, B. God orders your step according to his word. So God gives you step A, and once you do step A, he gives you part B. And then once you do part B, he gives you part C. But God does not give you A through Z because he knows if he gave you the whole package, you, won't, you will never start. And, and also you, what you would probably do is try to skip stages. You know those hard places? Anybody ever try to skip that hard place? Lord, get this off me now in the name of Jesus. He's like, he like, no, 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 you got to go through this. This is, this is, this is a growing process. Talon, I know you go, you work out and everything. You, you fairly fit. But how many people know you're never going to get any muscles at all if you don't ever have any resistance? See, see the church has, has not done a good job in telling people the truth about the fact that you are going to have resistance. He said, but I don't want any resistance. What Jesus already told us in this life. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. But be of good cheer because he's already overcome the world. And because he's overcome the world, remember, we have overcome the world. All right, I'll give you enough time to get to Hebrews chapter 3. I'm at verse number 12. I'm reading out of the Amplified Version so it may sound a little bit different than yours. He says, therefore, beware, brethren. Take care, lest there be in any of you a wicked, unbelieving heart which refuses to cleave to trust in and rely on him. Who is he talking to? Is he talking to unbelievers or is he talking to the church? So he's telling that he's talking to people, to the children of Israel who he had covenant with. The first thing he's, he's telling them, he says, beware, which means be on guard, be, take, pay attention because this can happen. Happen. Have you ever heard of what's known as an unbelieving believer? An unbelieving believer means I believe that Jesus died on the cross, was raised again, sat at the right hand of the Father, but I don't believe about that Holy Spirit. I don't believe about that healing. I don't believe about my family being whole. I don't believe about prosperity at all. That's what you call an unbelieving believer. I believe about Jesus, but the rest of that stuff, man, miss me on that. I don't believe that. God wants you healed. No, he didn't, because God uses sickness and disease to teach me a lesson that is unscriptural. It's not true. God is using all this COVID stuff to teach the church a lesson. 
that is unscriptural, that is not true. Where he gonna get it from? If Jesus went to the cross, took 39 stripes plus one for all sicknesses, disease, afflictions, and persecutions, according to Isaiah 53 and five, if, he, if by his stripes we are healed, what, how is he going, where are he gonna get the sickness and disease from to put on you to teach you a lesson? The word of God says he uses his word to bring about correction. He uses his word to bring about rebuke. Timothy chapter three. So he says, beware, take, take care lest there if any one of you be a wicked. Now what, why, what, what do you call a wicked heart? A wicked heart who refuses to cleave to, trust in and rely on him, leading you to turn away and desert or stand aloof from the living God. So God can give you a word and says, this is what I want you to do. You say, God, I hear what you said, but I don't believe that. And what do you do? You turn from the direction which he gave you and you go a different direction. See, most people believe that unbelief means that, you know, I, I unbelieve everything or you just totally walk away from God. That's not what unbelief is. An unbelieving heart simply means that God said one thing, you didn't receive what he said, and you turned and went a different direction. God says, don't, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together as it is in the latter days, right? You say, I heard what you said, but I don't believe that because that's not what I want to do, so I'm going to turn and go a different direction. God says, I need you to operate in love towards your brother and sister. I need you to forgive them and walk in love towards them. And as often as you have an opportunity to bless them. I heard what you said, Lord. I don't believe that. So I'm going to turn and I'm going to go a different direction. Do y'all see that? Unbelief is it, so simple to get into. And it's so subtle that a lot of times you don't even realize you're in unbelief. If you want to realize it, oh, that's good, Holy Spirit. If you want to know if you're in unbelief, listen to the words that come out of your mouth. Do your words line up with what the word of God has to say? Or does your words line up with what society says? Society says we are in a deficit. We are going to be broke. Everybody's going to be sick. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. But God says, by Jesus stripes, you're healed. I've already supplied all your needs according to your riches, my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I've already made you an overcomer. Greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that's in the world. Who are you going to believe? Did y'all see that? All right, I know. Keep your seats already. But instead, instead of having an unbelieving heart, instead, warn, admonish, urge, and encourage one another every day. What did it say? To warn, to admonish, to urge and encourage one another. To urge and encourage one another means to build each other up. So if I see Sister Juin, if she's going through a test trial tribulation, I'm, I don't be like, you know what, girl, you are so right. And I break out the old, you know, violin. Nobody knows. No, no, no. We don't do all that. Girl, what are you doing? She'll tell you. And I know I irritate. Sam, I irritate the bejeebas out of her because I'd be like, what are you doing? Girl, what does the word of God say? You better get locked in. You better, and she be like, I don't want to hear that right now. I know you don't want to hear it right now, but get on your face. Yeah. Then she'll come back later on 
Thank you. You you was right. I I, I was tripping. You think? But then I have moments. I don't say much. If I'm going through something, I just get real quiet. What's wrong with you? Nothing. Was I know something happened. My pastor said, your pastor don't live here. So, but uh, yeah, so we'll be talking. So what do we do? We urge one another. We encourage one another. We admonish one another. Every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened into settled rebellion. Now, I was talking to a friend this week about rebellion. See, what happens with rebellion is, is well, you can rebel against one thing, and, but then you could be so stinging at rebellion that you take on a spirit of rebellion and you rebel against all kind of things to the point that you lose track of all the stuff that you rebel to. I ain't trying to hear that. Who do you think I am? I'm a grown woman. I'm a grown man. Man, I'm gonna tell you this. If you ever say this in your house, I'm the man of this house. I'm the head of this house. What you have just said is, I realize I'm not the head of the house, so I gotta put you on notice that I'm still the head of this house. When you're the head of the house, you ain't gotta say nothing. You just walk in it. See, you might be the head, but she's still a neck. So she gonna turn you in the way that you should go. See, the wife is like, and she's operating according to the Spirit of God, is like the Holy Spirit. She's a comforter. She's a helper. She's an advocate. She's an intercessor. She's a strengthener. She, she, what she would do, she would be there to lift you, lift you up. But guys, we got to yield to that help. But then ladies, you got to have balance because see, just because you're the helper, you can get off track and then you could be trying to inject or infuse them to go in the way that you want them to go that's totally contrary to the way God wants them to go. So what are we going to do? We're going to urge one another, encourage one another, lest we become hearted and, and settled into rebellion by the deceitfulness of sin, by the fraudulence, the stagnant, and the trickery which delusive glamour of his sin may play on him. For we have become fellows with Christ, the Messiah. We talked about that earlier. And share in all he has for us. If only we hold our first newborn confidence and original assured expectation in virtue of which we are believers. Firm and unshakable. So you got to be firm and unshakable. Like when I used to play football, when I used to play football, Jerry, I used to play, I used to play tailback. I used to be in my little stance right now. You couldn't see me because my fullback, even when he was down in a three-point stand, was still as bigger than me when I'm standing behind. Because I wasn't always as tall. But what, what I'm saying is I, I will be down. Don't look at me with them judgmental eyes. I can feel them. But yeah, I, I'm down. I'm, I'm in my stance. Now, when he tried to come hit me because I have a low center point of gravity, Tim, you know, because we are vertically challenged, so we're closer to the ground and everything. You try to hit somebody who, who has a wide stance and a low center point of gravity. You could hit them, but just because you hit them, because they firm and unshakable, you're not going to move them. So you could come hit me, but, you know, when you hit all this right here, most of the time you're going to bounce off of this because I'm steadfast, I'm firm, I'm unshakable. I'm in my stance. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to move off the fact I'm a child of the Most High God. 
I'm not going to move that by Jesus stripes I'm healed. I'm not going to move off the fact that greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. I'm not moving off of what it is that I believe. And because I'm not moving off of it, when all these things start trying to hit me from left, right, and center, I am steadfast against the things of the world. But I'm not steadfast against the direction of God. So y'all see the difference? Because what happens is, is you can become so stenched in what it is that you believe that you think you know that even when the Holy Spirit is trying to talk to you, you won't be able to receive it. Do y'all see that? And there's a lot of that going on right now. God's telling people to do stuff uh-uh, that goes against what I believe. Is what you believe in the word? Well, not in chapter and verse, but this is what I believe. I heard what you said, but what does the word of God say about the situation? Because remember, Jesus is not only Savior, Jesus is Lord, which means he gets the final say. What did Jesus say about it? So, we firm, talent, unmovable, unshakable to the end. Then while it is still called today, if you hear his voice, Whose voice? The voice of the Holy Spirit. When you hear the voice of your Heavenly Father, when you hear the voice of Jesus, when you hear his voice because you firm, unmovable, unshakable in the things of God to the end, when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the desert. So don't harden your heart. We're going to talk about that. In the desert. When the people provoked and irritated and embittered God against them. For who were they who heard and yet were rebellious and provoked him? So they heard the word, but they rebelled because their heart had become hardened. <coughs> it happens still today. People can have heart in their heart even while they're sitting in the sanctuary. They can hear something that... Uh, uh, irritates their head and then they shut down. I ain't listening to nothing else you got to say because I'm mad. I'm not going to tell you what my mama used to say when she got mad. She used to have a little sign saying that she would say. Meet me at the service, I tell you. Can't tell you out here. But she used to have a little saying if you get mad, if you get you, what what you get mad gonna do? Who did you hurt when you got mad? Did you hurt the church? Did you hurt the person who said it? If your spouse says something to you crazy, and you get mad, do they be like, you know what? Ooh, when I got I made you mad, I hurt you. Not at all. They be like, mm, deal with it. With your little smoke, get mm. Mm, you need to be mad about some stuff. Mm, maybe you get mad, you change something around here. Can I help y'all out? Cussing somebody out doesn't help them see your point any better. In church, people cussing? No. Mother blankety blank 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 blank. Jesus, I love you. It'd be like, man, you got me twisted. Mm -mm. When you, when the moment when a person hears the word and they shut down like i heard that message the other day when when the guy said that it was at the very beginning of his message but doug you know what i did 
I press through to the end. Because everything else he said after that statement was, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, but that one point, mm, okay, I need to go back and listen because I might have heard it wrong. So I went back and I listened, but I didn't shut down, which is a tendency of people in church. Mm, 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 that's my word. Sam, that's my word. We out of here. Mm, I, ooh, eh, the, eh, the Lord told me, eh, right? Does, does it mean that that was your word? Or, mm, the Lord will supply my needs. I'm quitting my job tomorrow. Mm, no. Did God tell you that? He says, when you hear your voice, hear his voice, don't harden your heart. So who doesn't harden your heart? You don't. Who keeps you from hardening your heart? You do. Was it not all those who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? And with whom was, the, was he irritated and provoked and grieved for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose who dismembered bodies were strewed and left in the desert? And to whom did he swear that they should not enter into his rest? Do you know the moment you keep working, God rests? But the moment you rest in God, he goes to work. So if God tells you, hey, I'm telling you, go down here, say this to this person, and then I'll take care of the rest. And you say, okay, Lord, but my, I'm going to do this, 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 this first, and then I'm going to go do what it is you told me to do. You're working. While you're doing your stuff he ain't told you to do, he's resting. Because he's going to let you do your thing. God is the perfect gentleman. He will not go against your will. Can I tell you something else? He won't go against your family members' will either. If they will to do crazy, he will always send laborers across his path because that's what you're praying for them to do. But he not he not going he not going to twist their arm, make them accept Jesus as Lord. Won't do it. But the moment you say, okay, Lord, I'm resting in you means I trust you. Because remember, the whole thing about this is unbelief. The whole thing about this passage is about unbelief. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to operate according to your kingdom way of doing things no matter what. <clears throat> you say, well, you don't understand that. You don't ever had anything. Shoot, we had a situation earlier this week that went on that we was like, really? Man, let me tell you. Now, initially, you kind of like, hmm, okay. Father, what are we going to, what do we say to this situation? This is what you say. So we just begin to praise God. The same thing we tell you to do is the same thing that goes on in our house. Father, we're going to praise you. We're going to glorify you. We're going to magnify you. And then what we begin to do, say back to God what God has already said to me. Father, we thank you that you did. And Father, we thank you. And Father, we glorify you. And Father, we honor you. And if that thought tries to come back up, uh-uh-uh, uh-uh, we cast that thought down in the name of Jesus because God's word says. And we're going to operate according to your word no matter what. 
things kept progressing. We're going to operate according to your word no matter what. No matter what. No matter what. And then, bam! We wasn't like, ooh! We didn't do that on that end of it after we seen it. We was going, ooh! Before we all saw it. That ooh is the praise and worship. We was praising God, worshiping God long before we saw it. Because why? Trust him. We believe you. We believe you. So we're resting in you. We're not trying to figure out plan A, plan B, plan C, plan if this don't work, if that don't work, if that don't work, if that don't work, then I'm going to do, then I'm going to do, then I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do. You're working. God's resting. <clears throat> You're working. God's resting. Because what are you demonstrating? Unbelief. What did children of Israel do? They didn't believe God, so they made up. They, God can't get us into the promised land. So I know what we're going to do. <laughs> Andrea, what we're going to do, we're going to load up the truck and move to Beverly. We're going to move all the way back down to Egypt because it was better when we was in Egypt. Slaves, at least we got three hots and a cot. They whipped us. They beat on us and everything. But it wasn't that bad. I mean, you know, after a while, you get used to it. But God says, when you trust me, when you believe in me, remember, the adversary is a gang leader, and he's trying to get you back in his gang because he believes you belong to him. And he believes if he beats on you long enough, then you're going to wear it down, give up, cave in, and quit, and yield to his foolishness and stop pressing in the things of God. Wow. Okay. He said this, and to whom did he swear that they should not enter into his rest, but to those who disobeyed, who had not listened to his word and refused to be compliant or be persuaded. So we see that they were not able to enter into his rest because of their unwillingness to adhere to and trust in and rely on God. So in all this stuff that's going on all around you, and there's stuff that's going on all around all of us, the re you are because you are not, because people are not entering into his rest, they're not, they're unwillful, their unwillfulness to adhere to and trust in and rely on God. They're not relying on God. They're not trusting in God. They're not dependent on God. They say you're dependent on God. But truth be told, he says, first, you're not listening to my word. Then, even if you're listening to it, you refuse to be compliant and persuaded by it. I know what your word says, but that's what I, when, I, when we counsel folk, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you all a secret. Remember, y'all got 13.5 minutes to talk to me about the problem. And then the next 46.5, we're going to talk about the solution. If we say the word says this, and you say, I know what the word says, but I discount everything you said before you said about what the whole word, everything, and I listen to your but, because that but is what you really believe. That's what you really believe. If you don't believe me, go talk to some of your friends. 
who are believers. And, and talk to them about the situation. Man, I heard this, man, I heard this today in the service, man, it's talking about unbelief and you know how you can have a heart of unbelief, but we're supposed to encourage one another, urge one another, be strong in the Lord. Woo! And yeah. Now, that sounds good. And I don't know what the word of God says. And oh man, I, oh, that's so good. But so-and-so said this. But so-and-so said that. But so-and-so said this. But so-and-so said this. Be like, God's question is still the same. Whose report you gonna believe? You're the deciding factor. You're the deciding factor. God wants you to know, are you going to enter into his rest and hear his word, or hear to his word, trust in him, rely on him, depend on him, or, or are you going to continue to work doing all kinds? See, you know what? In church, you can do a whole lot of fleshly things. can be a lot of good things, but not a lot of God-led things, and get very little results. And that's what God said. The church has to shift out of that. Because you busy, the adversary will keep you busy doing a lot of stuff. He don't mind if you go to 12 life groups, 25 prayer sessions, watch more YouTube videos than kids watch cartoons. But he knows you're so busy doing stuff, you never get around to doing what the word says. So you get no results. The church mouse is over shouting. Okay. I know y'all not shouting, but church mouse is shouting. But you know what? This is one of those kind of messages that you got to hear because if you don't get this part, it don't matter what else, the rest of what we're going to say. You ask, what is the word harden? See, because I, I didn't forget, Jerry. That word harden, when it says don't harden your heart, it says don't have a, in the Greek, that word is um, skleruno. Scleruno, which means to be stubborn. To have a heart in heart is to be have a stubborn heart. I know none of y'all ever been stubborn about anything. None of y'all. Good Holy Ghost filled word talk. People ever been stubborn about anything, ever. But he says, and this is I'm gonna give you this last part, and this is where we're gonna end. <clears throat> I said all that, Don, I said all that to get to this part right here. Well, I didn't say it. He said it. I, he just sets the table. Anybody ever been to a restaurant and y'all get some appetizers and appetizers and everything? It sets you up for that meal you've been thinking about all day long. I know none of y'all but me. You get that appetizer and appetizer just carries you over till you get to the main course. So everything we said is to get you to this part here. Because see, ooh, he says, if you realize, before we get to this part, oh, that's good, Lord. He says, if you realize that during all this time, over these last few years with everything that's been going on, did you realize that you allowed yourself to get over into having an unbelieving heart or unbelieving or become stubborn, even about the things of God? God says, there's no condemnation. He says, but you do need to repent. And repent simply means that you hear new information. See, repentance does not simply mean to say, I'm sorry. Re to truly repent simply means you 
realized that what you was, you was going one way and you should be going the other way. But you didn't know how to go the other way until God brought a word to you to tell you, hey, newsflash, you're going the wrong way. Now, when you hear the word, then the word is, is there to renew your mind. And when the word renews your mind, you make a decision. Father, you know what? I realized I was going the wrong way. I realized I was operating in areas of my life in unbelief, and I, I, I repent for that. And I'm going to make a decision right now to turn and go a different way. I'm going to make a decision to turn and go the way that you showed me. Remember, because their whole issue was, is he would tell them what to do, but they wouldn't do it. They would turn from what he said and go a different way. And he says, that's happened. He says, this message is for this house and houses all. He's, this message is going to be going across the body of Christ. You have turned from our way of doing things and you have turned and went another way. And I'm giving you an opportunity today to repent and go a different direction. Now, I can't make you repent. Whether you repent or not is the, between you and the Lord. And he's not talking about a head repentance. He's talking about hearts. Because remember, they had unbelieving hearts. It's a lot of unbelieving hearts. And I'm going to share with you what he shared with me. So, if you need to repent, you ain't got to say it out loud. You don't, you don't have to come down front and tell us what you did and everything. We, we slap a whole bunch of condemnation on you. and You, you heathen. No, we don't get down like that. God doesn't do that. It's as simple as, Father, you know what? I realized I the certain areas I was operating in unbelief. And I ask you to forgive me. I received the forgiveness that Jesus has already made available to me. And I'm going to turn and go the direction that you showed me. It's that simple. We're not going to play soft music to set the tone because his word does that. That's why I trust his word. His word does exactly what it said. It says, now, Jesus said to his disciples, now are you clean by the word that you have heard. He says in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, that the husband may wash his wife with the word. Continue washing her by the word. That's why we don't speak death and condemnation over her. We're washing her by the word. Even if she's not operating according to the word, we're speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word. To do what? Wash. Cleanse them. Make them whole. So I'm going to give you this piece, and this is where I stop, and then we So, Father, we make the decision this morning. We make the decision, Father God, to repent. For areas of unbelief, doubt, worry, confusion, where we have been so busy trying to work it out in our own way that we have ignored yours. And for that, Father, we repent. We repent, Father God, for having stubborn hearts stubborn hearts that we refused to hear your voice and follow after you but we tried to make our own way 
Father, we ask you to forgive us right now in the name of Jesus. We receive your forgiveness. We turn from our way and we purpose in our heart to follow wholly after you. We receive it right now. Thank you for the blood of Jesus, which has cleansed us and made us whiter than snow. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, this is the word of the Lord that he gave me. Like I said, we got, said, he said all that to get you to this point. Because guess what? Where we're going at, where the, as the body of Christ is going at now, you can't take that old mentality with you. That's why the children of Israel spent 40 years. It took them 40 years to make an 11-day journey. 40 years. Why? Because they wouldn't turn. And ultimately, they died in the wilderness, even though it wasn't God's will. They died in the wilderness because they refused to And what did he do, Talon? He rose up in a different generation. But he never changed his mind. Now, I'm going to give this to you, and then we're going to do altar call for those who have never received Jesus, and then we're going to be done. Now, as an apostle, I'm a, I'm a special sent one. Jesus ordained to go forth and speak the word he's given me to speak, while also establishing new works for the kingdom of God. As a prophet, my responsibility is to speak forth the mind of God in clarity and accuracy as led by the Holy Spirit. As a pastor, my role is to feed the people with knowledge and understanding so that they can be doers of the word and not hearers only. As a teacher, my job is to write the very oracles of the word of God on the hearts of the people so they can clearly know what is the will of God in every area of their life. As an evangelist, my role is to represent the gospel to those who are lost and blind to the things of God and have demonstrations of that word through miracles, signs, and wonders. Now, depending on the purpose of the meeting, for that day, you may see any of those five in operation to accomplish the assignment for that day, which is to mature the saints so they can do the work of the ministry. So today you got the pastor side. He says this, he goes on and said, the ministry that's what is also involved in the office of the apostle and that's what God has ordained me to do in this hour an apostle is an architect building the church as the Holy Spirit leads not as he leads himself so every house isn't going to be the same and every house isn't isn't for everyone that is why it's vitally important to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you where you're supposed to be not men or even your personal preference, but the Holy Spirit. Men may mean well, but can be wrong. And you can have good intentions and still be in the wrong place. I personally would rather you 
be in the right place that God has designed for you than to be in the wrong place and hinder the growth of that house. So if this isn't where you're supposed to be, then know we love you and pray you get in the right place where God, where you belong. But if it is, then co commit to the vision of this house and not try to fit the vision of another house into the vision of this house. That's called division or dual visions, which causes separation and staggers the growth of the house. Find your place in the vision and put hands to the plow and get to work in carrying it out. Talking about it doesn't bring about results. You have to start putting your hands to work in the vision or you will never see the end results. And the father will, will raise up another to do what he has sent you here to do. There's no time to waste, for the return of Jesus draws near. This isn't a scare or to frighten, but simply to let you know that from this day forward, Ignite is in full throttle ahead, and you're either in or out, but there is no in-between. The Father says too many people are on the fence and haven't made a decision to do what he's already told them to do. So he's moving forward with or without you. For too much time has been wasted waiting on people to make a decision to do what he's already told them to do. For they are murmuring against him and against leaders, but are not doing the things I told them to do. So that ends now. I've set before you, he says, this day, life and death, blessing and curse, choose life that you and your family may live, but you can't do nothing for no decision is still a decision. And I'm looking at your hearts and not your words coming out of your mouth. For many mouths speak swelling things, but your hearts are not near me, says the Lord. Your hearts are, so, are far from me, but repent and return unto me, says the Lord. And I will receive you back into your proper position with me and will hold none of these things to your charge but will wash them away by the blood of Jesus and you shall be whiter than snow so everything all of the the Hebrews 3 and talking about having an unbelieving heart and all that brings the church all every church not, not every church every church to this position right now because there's so much stuff that God has in store, planned, that is going to happen in the body of Christ. But he needs people to be willing to do it his way. He needs people to be willing to do it his way. So, he needs people to do it his way. which means we have to get out of our own way to be willing to do it his way. I think we should, I think we should, I think we should. What did the Father say? See, if I talk more about everything else than I talk about the kingdom of God, I'm not serving my purpose. If you're talking about other stuff and you haven't ministered to the people about having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not doing it God's way. 
So over the next few weeks, you're going to hear what is God's way? What is he expecting us to do in this house? What is he expecting us to do in this land? Because we're responsible for it for Greeley. We're responsible for Osgood, Metcalf, uh, Barhaven, Manatick, uh, Glossinger, Russell. We're responsible for it. This is our area. This is our land. And we as a body of believers have a responsibility to till our own ground. I'm not trying to till the ground in Ottawa. I'm not trying to till the ground in Alberta. I'm not trying to, God tell me to plant cotton seeds. I'm not, and because my ground is ready for cotton, and but in, in New Brunswick, they are ready for wheat. I'm not gonna try to sow wheat into a cotton a field that's ready for cotton. That's not our responsibility. There's enough people here in this area alone. Heck, there's enough people in my neighborhood who need to have an encounter with Jesus. On the outside, if you look, you walk through our neighborhood, man, on the outside, it looked like they got it going on like popcorn. But he asked one question when we first got there. What would it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your soul in the process? Where things have become God. We're going to talk about, not, th not this month, I don't believe, but we're going to talk about the doctrines of the devil. And it will surprise you how much of that has creeped into the church already. The church is allowing the world to tell them how to be the church. But not in this house, Sam. Jesus will always be Lord. Always. I have preached to empty house chairs before Dave, you should have seen it. I was having a good time, too, brother. I was preaching fire when we first started Bible study in, in Cartier. I was going hard for him. Dude walked in the back door. He saw those empty chairs. I said, come on in. The water's fine, but you're going to have to ask somebody else for notes because I'm too far down the way. He looked at me like I was special and shut the door <laughs> walked away. But I didn't stop preaching. You want somebody to tell you the truth, even if it, if it may rub you initially the wrong way. You want somebody to tell you the truth, particularly because they'd say, I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you the truth because I love you, even if it's going to make you mad at me. I'm going to tell you the truth. Not my truth, his truth. My truth, if it doesn't equal his, it doesn't matter. Tell the truth because you love people. In love. I didn't hit none of y'all with no sledgehammer. I didn't slap nobody with the Bible. Like my brother Tim used to ask me if I was going to slap him with the Bible. Not yet, but I can if you want me to. I can go out to the truck. I got one. I can hit you with it. But we love you. So if you never accepted Jesus before as your personal Lord and Savior, you like to. I mean, you've never had entered into a relationship with him, but you really want to enter into a relationship. Man, it's so simple. I mean, you don't have to go... Do about 120 Hail Marys out full of grace. You ain't got to bow down. You ain't got to cry. You ain't got to have snot come out your nose. None of that thing moves God. That's all emotions. It's as simple as acknowledging. It's the same thing we talk about today. You heard the word about what it is Jesus did for you, and you're making the decision, I'm going to do something different. I didn't accept Jesus because I was afraid to go into hell. I accepted Jesus because I was tired of what was going on in my life. 
I had a knowledge of God, but I didn't know God. So if that's you and you never accept Jesus before as your personal Lord and Savior, we'd like to give you the opportunity to do it today. Now, if you have accepted Jesus and you know you ain't got to have nobody come and knock on your door and condemn the bejeebas out of you, because God does not condemn, God convinces because he loves you. That you have not been living the life you know you're supposed to be living. You know you've been part-time dating God on Sunday, but you and the devil been running, been running ride or die buddies the rest of the week. You ain't cracked your Bible. I mean, you open your Bible and it sounds like a creaking door. You ain't opening it so long. If that's you, but you like to get in relationship, restore that relationship. See, you're not out of relationship. You're just out of fellowship. Let's get that fixed today. Or you just want to make a make the day fresh and new. I'm not out of relationship, but you know, I just want to put the adversary on notice. I'm still a part of Jesus' game. You can do that today. It's as simple as this. According to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says this. But if you, the word of God is near you, it's in your heart, it's in your mouth. That's the word of faith which we preach. That if you will go confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So pray this prayer with me. Say it out of your mouth. Mean it from your heart. Man, we're going to get some stuff fixed for you this morning. In the name of Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus. I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me. On the cross. And carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. I believe that I'm healed, saved, delivered, made whole. Fill with the love of God and with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Then if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you, welcome you back into right relationship with God, welcome you back into the kingdom of God. Now, what do you do next? What do you do next? This is where so many people miss it. The next step you do is get to find a Bible-based church that teaches about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, teaches you about the kingdom of God and how to operate according to the kingdom of God. If you do not have a local church home, hey, we'd like to get, invite you to Ignite Depot. We'd love to have you here every Sunday morning at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. But if you have a local church in your area and you want to grow up in the things of God, we would encourage you find a local church to be a part of. Now, I know some of y'all watch across different nations. If you are not able to go to your church right now tune in every sunday morning at 9 30 or whatever time it comes on in your area and we love to have you on behalf of minister juin myself the entire ignite uh, depot nation we want to thank you for joining us today we'll see you next week god bless you.